Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me today is one of my co-hosts, Kayla Morton. Kayla, how are things going? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty great, too. Uh, The Christmas holidays are just about to start. Technically, they've started now. It's Friday afternoon here. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) it feels feels good to be on vacation and uh, feels good to be in Week 16, Fantasy Football Championships. Uh, Such a... And, you know, I'm in a couple, I'm three championships. I know you are too. Uh, believe Alessandro's as well, who unfortunately Alessandro couldn't be here today. Some unforeseen circumstances. Hope everything's okay on that end. Uh, but uh, I know he's also in, in some in some championships. So we're all in that, that same boat as, as you, the listeners, who uh, assumingly are in, uh, in some fantasy football championships right now. I... I guess uh, may as well get right to it then and talk about uh, some of these matchups this week. So we've got the uh, Panthers at Colts game starting. Uh, we ran through the Saturday games and some of the Sunday games in the last episode. So check that out in part one. But here in part two, we're going to start a couple more of the early uh, uh, one o'clock games on Sunday, one o'clock Eastern, that is. Uh, so yeah, Panthers at Colts. <laughs> you're not here to see, you're not really listening to this for us to tell you CMC is a must start, but obviously that's the case. Um, Alessandro has him, DJ Moore, and, and Curtis Samuel all in the, in the strong start categories. Um, and he also he, uh, didn't quite get details on this, but it looks like he's got Will Greer kind of like in the in the maybe. So he seems more on the optimistic side of Will Greer making his first start as opposed to, uh, I don't know, some other outlooks. I know we were just talking off of, uh, before we started recording. Uh, think about picking up the Colts defense in, in one league you were. And I know Alessandro says no, sit them. So it makes sense with him. He thinks Will Greer is going to do well. But there is also a train of thought that Will Greer making his first NFL start may not do so well. So um, anyway, we, uh, he also has uh, Brissett. And if, you know, if, if Hilton's active, play him too. So he likes that combination. Panthers really don't have any corners that scare anybody. So that makes sense. If you, you know, if you believe in TY's health and after a week where it doesn't seem like he aggravated anything, you think next week and come back, play more snaps. He could produce really well and makes a good play with Brissett. But he's got pretty much everyone else's sit. So it's really just, you know, those main five players and six if you believe in Greer of uh, CMC DJ Moore Samuel Brissett TY and I think for the case of DJ Moore and Samuel even if you don't believe in Greer especially DJ Moore gets a lot of passes on shorter routes quick slants uh, screen passes I feel like Will Greer can execute those at the very least words Curtis Samuel they're running him deep they run him in the red zone areas where the you know the degree of difficulty goes up for passing it seems like he's been hindered by the the you know less than optimal quarterback play that he's gotten through the year so uh, I definitely favor DJ Moore over Samuel. Uh, but again, like like Alessandro says, I, I don't know if there's many players worth playing. I, I've got Zach Pascal going in a league. Uh, didn't mention that here, but I, th- I think Pascal's an okay play. Even if Hilton's active, it does look like Pascal's going to be at least the, the number two target. And maybe Hilton being healthy draws more attention, opens things up for Pascal. So I do like Zach Pascal. Uh, but yeah, he's got everyone else. Jack Doyle, Naeem Hines, Panthers tight ends. Uh, actually, one person I really like is Marlon Mack. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Because the Panthers' run defense has been atrocious. So I think Marlon Mack's actually a great play. And uh, frankly, maybe the best play out of anyone except CMC in this game. Maybe the two running backs are the way to go. What do you think, Kayla? Yeah, I think uh, sticking with running backs makes sense. Uh, especially, uh, even though Alessandro's a little high on Will Greer, um, I like him coming out of West Virginia. I like what he saw, or I like what I saw when he was there. Um, I think he can develop into 
uh, more than capable quarterback in the NFL. I'm glad that Carolina is giving them giving him the chance this week. Um, but because of the uncertainty, we you know we talk about a lot on the show how we don't like one or two game you know um, scales to gauge players, but we don't have anything right now. So if you're playing guys like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Uh, really those are the only two wide receivers you would play for Carolina. Um, then, you know, you're optimistic that he's going to be able to hit them. They're going to have a good relationship. Uh, we don't really know uh, how much the those duos have practiced together with the first team. Obviously, Greer's going to get first team reps this week, but uh, we don't really know or have any reports on their chemistry. Um, so we're kind of waiting until game time to see what they'll be able to do. So I think it's a risky play to play them, but I always live by if they have an okay matchup and it's the number one guy on your team, then you should be able to trust them. They're the number one guy for a reason. Uh, I would definitely use caution in this situation. It's a little bit different. Um, But I do definitely like the running backs on the ground. I think McCaffrey um, will also obviously be able to provide an option for Greer in the passing game, but maybe they'll, they'll cap Greer a little bit and not make him, you know, pass as many times as they might originally uh, have thought to do so if he had played longer this season. Um, So I think McCaffrey is going to be your best best play in this game and I do like the Marlon Mack call I think a lot of these could be on the ground if Hilton is out um, I like Pascal like he said but I do think that Indy will go with running the ball more as well so yeah uh, I know uh maybe not to get too much into this rant but uh, I made this rant actually on the uh kicking it with Keeler podcast with Ricky Keeler uh just about Will Greer and how I thought they should have started him as soon as they fired Rivera, they should have started Greer the next week. Because to me, that was signaling the season was done and everything's about next year and evaluating. Well, why are you not evaluating the quarterback you took in the third round to see if if he is potential of being the guy? Now you give him two games to evaluate. Uh, I just pointed to you know Dwayne Haskins and how much better he's looked, even though that team around him is trash. And the box scores don't necessarily show it. A bit more against the Eagles, but... I thought he's played much better against the Packers than he had in earlier games this season. So uh, I feel like two games isn't enough. Um, but anyway, that you can listen to the the full uh, full uh, rant on the uh, Kicking It with Keeler podcast. But uh, you could follow him at uh, on Twitter at Rickinator five five five, and he has a question for fantasy actually that he and I discussed, uh, you know, before we recorded and after we recorded, just talking about some of the fantasy decisions he was going to make, and one of them was quarterback. And I didn't really have a great answer for him. It was Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. Um, so Matt Ryan Tannehill, what do you, uh, what do you do with those two? I think it, I mean, the next game you're going to do is Falcons Jaguars. So, uh, just quickly, Kayla, uh, do you think, is there an obvious start between either Matt Ryan or Tannehill? Uh, personally, I would go with Matt Ryan. Um, whether that's obvious or not, I didn't really answer your question, but, um, just looking at the defensive matchup, I mean, I have, uh, in my championship, I have to decide if I'm going to play Ryan Tannehill against the Saints defense. Um, I know we saw a couple weeks ago that, you know, the Saints gave up, almost 50 points, the 49ers, um, which was uncharacteristic, but then they really shut down Indianapolis. Uh, so it kind of goes back and forth with their defense. Um, I'm scared that, um, I know you brought it up to me a little while ago about Marshawn Lattimore kind of shutting down AJ Brown, who's really the only receiving threat I feel that's consistent in Tennessee. Um, that makes, you know, me take a double glance if I'm playing defense against him. So if uh, the Saints, which their game plan should be to shut him down in the receiving game, um, Tannehill will struggle and it's going to make guys who really haven't done a whole lot on Tennessee this year have to really step up. I don't like the odds in a championship game of that being the case. Um, And if you look on the flip side with Matt Ryan and uh, you're playing Jacksonville's defense, I mean, people are scoring against Jacksonville like – 
they like it's the easiest thing they've ever done in football. Um, so I think just, you know, their Jacksonville's defense has not been as good now that they lost Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think that even though uh, Atlanta has uh, some injuries, I know Julio Jones is kind of dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, they already lost Calvin Ridley to IR. They have Russell Gage and Justin Hardy, and their run game isn't so great. I think Matt Ryan will have a better day because, um, honestly, if you're starting the quarterback, you don't care who Matt Ryan completes a pass to. You don't care who he throws a touchdown to. You don't even care if they win. But because Jacksonville's defense is so poor, I think um, Matt Ryan, I mean, he's proved – time and time again that he can complete a wide array of passes to whether it's the tight ends or the receivers like I just mentioned and I think he has a better opportunity to make big plays score long touchdowns complete short passes dump the ball off Uh, so I personally really like Matt Ryan in the matchup Um, just it really comes down to the defense and I think Atlanta will be able to pick apart Jacksonville's defense very easily that's a good point um so the and the one thing about health wise that actually works in atlanta's favor is austin hooper looks like he's he's fine now uh two weeks ago he played 65 percent of the snaps first game back it was a actually it was a season low for him uh last week 82 percent which is still below i mean he's had games where he's playing 91 88 of the snaps so it's it's not his optimal but it, i mean it certainly looks like they're trusting him out there a lot more uh Christian Blake played 85% of the snaps, Russell Gage 76. So it really is those clear four as targets, Julio Jones. And I mean, if you've got Julio, that's, that's, you know, that you can always tie basically uh, most of Matt Ryan's production came from Julio last game. I mean, Julio went off for a monster performance. So even, you know, dealing with injuries, he could still play through that and have monster games. Uh, And Matt Ryan, I think he got to 20 fantasy points basically because Julio caught a couple touchdowns and, and he, and he did enough. So, uh, if, as long as you have that, uh, I think it's a you know, great option for Matt Ryan to at least produce in a safe manner. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you might be right here about this. Actually, I know at, at first I, I I thought it was a lot closer, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is a bit more obvious to play Matt Ryan and and kind of take that security that even without Ridley, they've still managed to make that offense click. The only risk I can see with the Falcons is well, with or specifically with Matt Ryan is it that the Jags are so vulnerable on the ground that maybe Devontae Freeman and the run game just carves right through them and Matt Ryan doesn't even end up throwing any touchdown passes. Uh, but then, like you mentioned, there's big risk that if A.J. Brown shut down, maybe Tannehill doesn't have an answer for the Saints' defense and he can't throw touchdown passes. So there, there are risks for both of them. I suppose the way Freeman hasn't been scoring touchdowns this year, it might maybe you know he, he gets a big game and gets them in scoring position and then Matt Ryan throws them in. So I think, I think you're right to hear about Matt Ryan, actually. Uh, and I think all of them are must starts like Julio, Matt Ryan, Freeman, Hooper to me, all four are, are must starts. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Fournette would be the only one I consider for the Jags because again, volume, I know. And in, he is, you know, last couple of weeks hasn't really been efficient with the volume, but there's only been two games this year where he hasn't seen at least six targets. One was the 220 yard game against Denver where he carried it 30 times. So he only got two passes thrown his way because he was carrying it. And then the other game I think was another, uh, yeah, it was a 29 carry game against the Bengals. So if you're running it that much, they're not necessarily going to pass to you. But uh, last few weeks where he's gotten 14, 15 and 15 carries, he's getting 11, six and seven targets. So consistent in that regard. I think he's the only Jag worth playing uh, that absolutely. Uh, now, everyone else, though, is kind of a big maybe. And a lot of it is health, um, can, you know, dependent, really. 
I'd be scared to play DJ Chark this week coming off the injury. Not really sure how he's how he's gonna do necessarily. Uh, how like what kind of shape he's in? Uh, could he could he reaggravate and then be held out of the game and and then you don't really get much out of him? So there's a lot of of risk playing DJ Chark. Um, uh, he's he practiced in a limited fashion all week, listed as questionable. So that's definitely. I mean, I guess good news here is that this is a one o'clock game, so you get at least a, a, that in enough time where you'll have information. Looks like Dee Westbrook's going to play. Doesn't have an injury designation. Practiced fully all week. Uh, same with Gardner Minshew, who is dealing with a right shoulder injury, which is <laughs> you don't ever like to hear that. But uh, full practice Friday, he seems like he'll be fine, good to go. How effective is he going to be? How great is this offense going to be? I don't know. It, it does seem like it's a little bit in shambles, this team. Maybe firing Tom Coughlin maybe motivates players and they play better. Uh, if Chark doesn't go, then I think either Chris Connolly or Keelan Cole, based on targets, could do well enough. But if if Chark's a go, I wouldn't play them. Uh, even even if Chark doesn't go, I'm not the strongest case for them. I, th- I feel like D.D. Westbrook's probably the best play. Um, and then, I, you know, Russell Gage also uh, maybe for the Falcons. Uh, kind of acted as, as as that third receiver for them behind Julio and Hooper. Uh, now Christian Blake, I mentioned he played eighty five percent of the snaps, but uh, he didn't. I don't believe he saw very many targets. I, I, if I remember correctly, he saw one target and didn't even catch it. So uh, I'll look that up quickly. But yeah, so even even if he's out there on the field, doesn't necessarily mean. And I know you like to point this sometimes. Snap counts can be misleading, but yeah. 85% of the snaps, zero catches, one target. That's it. So I don't think you can trust any hope on on Christian Blake in a fantasy playoff type of situation. And Brian Hill and Quadre Olison, I both have them listed here because basically the only reason you'd play them is if you think one or the other is going to vulture touchdowns from from Freeman. But who who knows? Two weeks ago it was Brian Hill. Last week, Quadre Olison played one snap. It was a carry from the one-yard line. They gave it to him. He scored a touchdown. It was his only snap of the game. It, it, it it's they're going out of their way to not give Freeman these these touches. So someone's going to get a touchdown, but can you really bank on who it's going to be? It'll you know y'all Olson got it last week. You trust him because he could very easily get zero. Same with Hill. So I I wouldn't play those guys. Uh, you want to chime in about this at all, Kayla? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, with Devonte Freeman about how they're uh, it's kind of up in the air who gets you know those carries for the scores and that's a really good point um, it's something that I had seen when I was doing the research and looking at the the stats but I actually uh, didn't remember to write it down so I'm glad that you brought that up because um, it's it's scary to trust guys who come in to get the red zone carries that score because you're right if they don't get those then they don't get really any carries and they finish with horrible production so you don't want that on your team but it's also frustrating when you have a guy who's starting who should easily be able to get the red zone carries and he doesn't get them. So um, I, re- I really like that point. But that's all I want to uh, add for that. Okay, well then I guess, yeah, we could move on to, now we're doing the, I guess it's the 4 o'clock game slate now uh, on Sunday. So uh, why don't you kick us off, Caleb, with uh, Raiders at Chargers. Yeah, so I think the most important news coming into this game, um, Josh Jacobs, the rookie starting running back for Oakland, has already been ruled out. Um, So he will not play with a shoulder injury. Um, I know he's been kind of battling through it for the last couple weeks, but Oakland has ruled him out. So with that being said, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard will lead the backfield. Um, And something that I really appreciate and (laughs) 
for fantasy, um, they don't have to do this, but they did. Um, they kind of talked about how they're going to use Washington and Richard this week. So they basically said that Richard will come in for pass passing downs. Um, but DeAndre Washington is going to be the one that really takes over the carries on the ground and runs the football. So um, with that being said, I'm starting DeAndre Washington with confidence. Um, he even though he's going to lose those passing downs, um, the Chargers defense is 17th against the rush. Uh, and they allow more than 100 yards per game. So I think he has a really good shot to perform. And I do think he can score. But that will also come with uh, the passing game for Oakland stepping up. Because really, the only guy we hear of on the stat sheet that does something well is uh, tight end Darren Waller, who I also think is the must start. He has 100 yards or more in two of his last three games and more than 70 in that other game where he didn't reach the 100 mark 100 yard mark uh, he has 25 targets and 21 catches in those three games um so he isn't getting in the end zone which is a little frustrating but he's the only one really catching the football and is doing so in basically every defensive coverage put on him um he was guarded heavily in the matchup last time against the chargers on thursday night uh but with him being the only reliable option in the pass based on stats and how the games have gone um he should do better than three catches in this rematch he only had 40 yards last time because of the coverage but um I think you know players remember that when they have rematches with teams so I think he's going to be able to produce more in this game um and I like him as the option because really no other receiving option in uh Oakland is really doing anything um so with that being said I have a whole bunch of sits for the Raiders um obviously Josh Jacobs he's ruled out you're gonna sit him um and then Jalen Richard, I think you sit him too. Um, I like, again, that Oakland was open about saying what the backs are going to do, what the kind of game plan is. Um, so unless they teeter, they teeter from that, then uh, you're 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 not going to know that ahead of time, so you can't blame yourself if that happens. Um, but with him solely going to be a pass down back from what they're saying, the pass matchup isn't good. The Chargers are fourth against the pass, so he's not really going to be getting carries, and he's just going to kind of pop in and out. That's not someone that I feel as though you should trust in a game. There are other guys out there that you can pick up. Um, I also don't like quarterback Derek Carr. Uh, again, I don't like the tough, the tough defensive matchup. That's really the moral of this game preview. Um, and with his receivers not really catching anything, I don't see Richard suddenly coming in and being this game changer. Um, and he's not really going to be able to solely just rely on Darren Waller. And I really don't see anyone else stepping up in the good matchup or in the bad matchup for them with the good. Uh, pass defense so if these receivers couldn't do well against poor defenses they're not just going to suddenly flip a switch and do well against a good pass defense um so with that being said wide receiver Tyrell Williams man this man's really fallen off um he found the end zone last week because the matchup was so poor with Jacksonville he looked like he was going to have a breakout game when he got that 40 yard touchdown really early in the first quarter but he finished the game with two catches for 45 yards and that touchdown so after starting the season with one touchdown per game he really has fallen off drastically and he's really just hurting your team at this point um if you're not in a dynasty or a keepers league honestly I'd drop him he's not worth it uh there are better matchups at wide receiver as free agents this week anyway uh, with that being said, if you can't start the number one guy in Oakland, you're not going to be able to start guys like Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Keelan Doss. Uh, Renfro is the number two wide receiver for them. He was a limited practice participant all week, uh, but even if he's back in this game in any capacity, uh, he likely won't be 100%, and he might see a limited time on the field, depending on how good he is to go, um, so I don't like it with that matchup either and then Zay Jones he's really been a non-factor in all games since signing with Oakland midseason he came over from Buffalo and then Keelan Doss is back on the roster but he's really not getting much 
excuse me, much production as a number four wide receiver, despite all of the other wide receivers struggling. So um, that kind of just tells you the state that Oakland is in. Uh, it's not good. So a bunch of sits there for the Raiders. Uh, and then on the Charger side of the football, uh, a lot of you guys know who listen a lot of times. I'm really high on Phillip Rivers. I've been really frustrated with him, though, and I have benched him. I've told you to bench him. But even in this matchup, this rematch, I think you start Phillip Rivers uh, with confidence. I'm going to play him. And I know he had three interceptions against the Raiders in their first meeting this year, but the Raiders only have nine interceptions on the year. So a third of, even though a third of those are from Rivers, um, if you remember back to that game, uh, you can go watch tape if you don't, but uh, Rivers forced a lot of passes and threw two interceptions late in the game when the team was behind. He really did force it, especially that last one. He made a poor decision on his own and, uh, after he did that two weeks in a row, I really think, you know, the team is one against, you know, 52, uh, I would be giving it to him. I would be trying to make him change and you got to get the message across to him that he can't force it. So I think he has been doing a little bit better of a job despite, uh, their game outcome last week in doing that. Um, so you can't really overlook the fact that Oakland has given up the third most passing touchdowns this season. They have 32 on the year, and they're only in front of Miami, who's given up 33, and Arizona, who's given up 34. So um, he is good for a turnover, but I think he's going to be better for taking advantage of the matchup. All his passing options are also healthy, including Mike Williams coming into the game. So he has a lot of options in the air, and uh, they do run the ball really well. I think this could be a blowout, honestly, for the Chargers, um, and I hope for their sake that it is. And then I really like running back Austin Eckler. Uh, he has put up Pro Bowl numbers all season, even once Melvin Gordon came back. I expect to see more carries for him after Gordon reverted to his fumbling problem last week. So uh, this, I did a lot of digging for this, but history has shown that uh, head coach Anthony Lynn punishes fumblers, so Eckler should be in line for more work. He's a better back anyway out of the duo, in my opinion, um, and he, he did have a down game. And last week, but he had 81 total yards. So let that sink in. Um, he's garnering more yards in the air and total overall than first string wide receivers on teams this season. So he'll be River's security blanket. And are you really having a down game if you have 81 yards? No. Um, so with that being said, uh, wide receiver Keenan Allen. He did see tight coverage in the team's first meeting, but he did catch eight of 11 passes for 68 yards and finished with 81 total yards as well. Um, that's good in PPR and decent in non-PPR. The Raiders passing game is looking rough, and I think you can expect number one wide receiver numbers from him this week. Uh, and even if he sees more coverage, I think that opens up Mike Williams, who I'm playing in my league in the championship. I picked him up, and uh, I'm glad that he doesn't have an injury designation. But the last time I made Mike Williams a must start. I called him getting a touchdown. He got his first touchdown of the season, and it was in Jacksonville. So it was against a poor defense like he's facing this week. He does have a touchdown in back-to-back -to -back games. I think he'll have um, deep look options this week, and that will bolster his yards, and he has a possibility for another touchdown. Um, I really do think Oakland's going to try to guard Keenan Allen better, so this will only help Mike Williams. Uh, either way, he doesn't have the injury designation, like I said, so um, I, I seriously would have confidence in telling you to play him in your championship, so I'm going to tell you to do it. Um, there's nothing better than a hot red zone wide receiver in the playoffs, and that's what you got with Mike Williams. Um, and then maybe Melvin Gordon, trust him at your own risk. Um, after he fumbled twice, he didn't play anymore last game. He only had seven carries. It didn't matter that they were down. Um, that game was getting out of reach. He only had seven carries, which is telling he wasn't on the field. You saw him on the bench. Um, 
he will be punished again. Uh, the silver lining here could be, though, that he had 22 carries for more than 100 yards in their Thursday night matchup this season. Um, and with these teams, he found the end zone uh, for one of his five scores this season. So I do think that the Chargers will try to do more air attacking, though, because of the fumbling for one and the matchup for two. So if you're looking at starting one of the running backs for the Chargers, you got to go with Eckler because he's a pass down back. Um, and then you could consider starting the Chargers defense. Um, Oakland's just bad on offense. And now that they're missing Jacobs, uh, it's just going to be hard to gauge how much they'll actually be able to produce. Um, so it won't be the same game script as last time. And I really do think the Chargers defense is going to benefit for sure. And if they can get some turnovers, which I think they can, uh, then their their points are just going to skyrocket in this game. Um, and then I'm sitting Hunter Henry. Am I crazy? Probably. But his target shares continue to drop and he hasn't done much in recent weeks. So the last time he played Oakland, he saw seven targets and caught four. And now four is his high in targets as of the past couple of weeks. So his two catch 39 yard day was saved by a touchdown in Jacksonville. They have an atrocious defense that he should have been able to take advantage of. Um, and he didn't. So he has 2.9 points in standard leagues combined in two of his last three games, aside from that game in Jacksonville. So that doesn't bode well in PPR. I think you should stream a tight end. This game likely will go to other receiving options with everybody being healthy. And since I've been doing that anyway with people being healthy, so uh, banking on a touchdown to a guy in a championship is not the way to go, in my opinion. So I think you sit Hunter Henry. What do you think, Kyle? I think you're pretty much spot on with everything again, except maybe that Hunter Hunter Henry call, uh, because I just the the thing I'm struggling with is I don't know how many tight ends I'd play over him. I can think of six six tight ends only that I'm I'm okay for sure absolutely, and then the rest of them they all fall into the same category of relying on a touchdown. But he's got the Raiders secondary. This is a really bad secondary, and. You know, and they're incredibly vulnerable. And and I'm thinking of the other teams playing bad secondaries. Like, okay, the Texans against the Buccaneers, but the Texans don't really use their tight ends, at least not when all their wide receivers are healthy. So that's not – I'm not going to go chase a Darren Fells or a Jordan Akins or a Jordan Thomas over Hunter Henry. Uh, I'm just – you know, a Jacob Hollister? Sure, they're playing the Cardinals. Another great matchup. Probably someone whose target share is more reliable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. T- Tyler Higby against the 49ers? I don't know that I would do that. I think I'd favor Henry there. Darren Waller, even in this matchup, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Spot on, Darren Waller. But again, after that, I'm not. I'm not really thinking of seeing very many tight ends. I would. I mean, you have the obvious five. I think that you know Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, um, Mark Andrews, and uh, Austin Hooper. I mean, obvious. You doubt you have Henry and those guys on the same team. I just. I just feel like for anyone who has Henry, if you're going to go out and stream somebody, why not? Henry, who's playing the Raiders, I think. Honestly, I might consider playing Dallas Goddard over Hunter Henry, but I feel like that that uh, ensues a long conversation, so we don't have to go there. But um, I will talk about that game a little later on. But um, just because of all the injuries in Philadelphia, I think, you know, Zach Hurts has stepped up in the last couple of weeks, but they've really had to rely on what their tight ends can do. Um, Goddard, even though he's been doing more of the blocking on plays when you watch the game. Um, I, I'll, I'll get to it later, but I might play Goddard over Henry. <laughs> I, I honestly, that one's not crazy. That, that would, I, that would require a lot of thinking. So maybe I'll, I'll hear we, I'll, yeah, I'm curious what you're going to say afterwards. Maybe, maybe you could convince me of, of that. Um, but anyway, so uh, we'll get to another game that again, Alessandro was supposed to do. And lucky enough, he gave us some notes. 
Uh, Lions at Broncos. Um, he's putting, uh, you know, Drew Locke if needed. So, I'm, you know, sounds like that's a, a kind of a start in Superflex leagues. It's a it's a weak secondary, uh, although, you know, some talented ple- people like Darius Slay, which the, the defense altogether has been very banged up. And and I don't know, they've struggled to, and they've allowed a lot of production. So even after a bad week, week last week for Drew Locke in the snow, I think he could probably still do well here against the Lions. Uh, he has both Lindsay and Freeman as starts, but has Lindsay, he says Lindsay ahead of Freeman. So I'm thinking he th- thinks Freeman more of as a maybe because the Lions are vulnerable on the ground too to running backs. I know, uh, I think Mike Daniels is out this week again. So a lot of their run defense, especially up the middle, is is uh, very vulnerable. Philip Lindsay has been really disappointing, and I haven't really been high on him the last few weeks. And I've kind of pushed him to the lower ends of the maybe and sometimes even sits in, in cases in some of these, in, you know, in, in my mind. But this seems like it's a good week to play him if you if you know if you're had Lindsay and you you know you've been struggling to find places to play him this would be the one week to play him I think so I'm, I'm in agreement with that this is the defense that he would could maybe succeed against and I don't know about Freeman I, I do have him hit him in one league I feel more confident about guys like Boston Scott uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about Boston Scott in your next game uh, maybe a quick comparison to Freeman though but um Noah Fant, he has as well. I think that's actually a pretty good play against the Lions. Could do worse at tight end. Uh, uh, he has the Broncos D. Actually, I really like that play. The Broncos defense. I know in DFS this week, uh, especially I remember Yahoo. Their their the Broncos D is priced really far down. It seems like it's a kind of an obvious play at defense, uh, at least in Yahoo anyway. Uh, and then uh, Cortland Sutton, of course. We've gone through all this, and really the the you know, the Broncos top receiver, Cortland Sutton. Uh, it seems like his relationship with Locke hasn't been the greatest. I mean, it, the first week they played, yeah, he targeted him a lot. The last two weeks, not so much. Uh, you know, maybe they'll go back to this. They they feel like it's you know an opponent they can beat up on. Maybe they'll they'll try and exploit this uh, Locke to to Sutton matchup. I'd certainly bank on that. He also has Galladay as a must start. And it really he's it's it seems like he says every other lion bench. So the only lion worth playing is Galladay. I'd be inclined to agree, but he's going to see Chris Harris. That really scares me. I would put Galladay in the maybe and not really a strong case for a maybe um so yeah I'm not super confident in Galladay and likewise just not confident in the Lions at all which is why I love the the call of the Broncos defense he also has Deshaun Hamilton as a sit he's done nothing this year just drops everything there was hope maybe that you know oh could he be the number two receiver once especially when Sanders is gone but no he hasn't stepped up to that at all uh, Tim Patrick is maybe has better you better case to play him over Hamilton. I really wouldn't play Ham, um, Tim Patrick. He says sit the Lions D. Um, I mean, again, we've seen Drew Locke lead some offenses to some explosive performances. That game against the Texans. I mean, if you played the Texans D that week, you were regretting it. So uh, certainly see the the argument that the Lions D wouldn't be a great play this week because of those options. So Kayla, do you, uh, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um. So I I like the Drew Locke call if you need him. Um. Just because of how shredded the uh, lines are, um, and I do, I do like uh, that you said that you might put Galladay as a maybe. So my question is, if you're going to move Galladay down because you're going to, he's going to see um, the best coverage from the Broncos. Does that put Danny Amendola into any conversation? That's for you? that's a really good point, actually. He'd probably be the yeah. Other than Galladay, the only other line I'd be willing to play because of the target share. It seems like Carryon Johnson may come back this week, but they've also talked it's going to be a, a you know a limited snap count, and we have no idea how that backfield is going to be split. So I would just avoid it altogether. But yeah, Amendola is a good play, I think, because of simply the target share. He's been seeing a lot of targets. 
Yeah, and that brings up a good point. Um, I think his name is Wes Hills yep. for Detroit. Uh, he's Sli- not Slippery that- Rock. I didn't even he... know Slippery Rock was the name of a school. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I actually know someone from high school that goes to Slippery Rock. But uh, anyway, uh, he. I just want to bring up that West Hills was not on the depth chart, at least the, the reliable charts that I was using before the game last week. So when I saw that he got a rushing touchdown, I was like, oh, they just like, that's just like one of those random things. And then I saw he got a second one. I was like, who is this man? I was like, I know that I would have at least seen his name and like like oh okay he got it over ty johnson and um but i was just like when was this updated like this was not here um what is he going to do going forward but mm-hmm. i think you know when detroit when johnson left um a couple weeks ago and detroit you know named uh ty johnson the guy and then uh trey i don't remember carson his last name. trey carson yeah. Uh, Trey Carson they're like he'll be the backup and then like Johnson totally just had a brick and like he he didn't do anything so I feel like as soon as Detroit names a guy as a starter like you better just drop him (laughs) for some reason it doesn't work out and it's always the people behind him so that's again what happened last week um and I was frustrated because I started Tampa Bay's defense and I was like I expected low low scoring I mean um Detroit passing they had like 46 yards deep into the second quarter and I was like I'm gonna get a whole bunch of points from this and I saw it dwindle down because of this guy and I was just like ugh frustrating but um yeah I think I think Galladay and Amendola are okay plays but you shouldn't expect Galladay to have these number one wide receiver numbers um I think as banged up as Detroit is I debated on whether I was gonna say this or not but um I don't think they're gonna be shut out I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, I definitely think they're going to lose. Now that I say that, they're not going to lose. But Because um, I've said that so many times and just been burned, and I'm always going to remember when Tampa Bay went to the Rams and killed them. But, oh, um, well, I don't think anyone thought the Bucks were going to win that game. I know, but I was so, so certain. And I'm, like, super certain about this. So no, it's not going to happen. Um, maybe I should just bet on them because... Anyway, um... <laughs> This is why I lose money. Don't don't take my betting advice. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're good to move on before I keep digging myself into a hole. Um, yeah. So I just to talk about Wes Hills. I mean, I remember looking for prospect tape for him. Uh, you know, in, in the off season before the draft, and it was so hard to find. I found a couple of like really not well shot games, and I didn't even recognize some of the schools. This is like FCS Division Two. He looked really good though. <laughs> but it's again, it's against the competition. It was the caveat, and he went undrafted and. Glad to see that he was able to latch onto a team. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll latch on to the next game. Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, For me, the Cardinals, there are two must-starts. One is Kenny and Drake, although part of me thinks, are we just chasing four touchdowns here? But uh, (laughs) he seems like he's the guy. He's the workhorse back for them. So, um, you know, don't shy away from volume. The Seahawks aren't an overly impressive defense. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray for that matter. With his rushing ability is always going to make a, a solid fantasy option. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's the way to go with, uh, with, uh, the, the Cardinals is really just, you know, win on the ground with, uh, with Drake and Murray as for, um, the Seahawks. I wrote in the show sheet, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, two L's, not two E's. Um, I think he's a you know, absolute great play against this Cardinals defense, as is Chris Carson. I think 
the Seahawks will be able to do whatever they want to do. If it's run the ball a lot with Carson or pass, pass with Wilson or a mix of both, I think the efficiency will be there. Russell Wilson's the type of quarterback where if he only throws the ball 25, 26 times, he could very easily throw four touchdowns. Uh, he's just incredibly efficient. So you're not really worried about volume with him. Oh, it, you know, it could be a massive Chris Carson game and Wilson could still get enough touchdowns to sustain a, a solid fantasy value. Uh, especially throwing touchdown to Jacob Hollister, I think is a great play this week. I already kind of hinted yeah. at it. I, I mean, if I'm ranking the tight ends this week, tight end six, maybe right after, right ahead of Waller. I don't know. I, I don't think that, that it's that crazy to think of him that highly this week because he's playing this Cardinals defense, you know, and it's, it's sustained itself the whole year. It started with TJ Hawkinson back in week one and, and they've been, they've allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends every week. Or you know, it's maybe not every single week, but it's they've been the the top uh, allower of fantasy production to tight ends every single week from week one till now. Uh, they haven't, they haven't, no one's been able to knock them off that pedestal. <laughs> not that, not that they're really happy to be on that pedestal, but um, Jacob Hollister is a very trusted proponent of this offense. Uh, definitely one of the top three targets on the team. Gets a lot of red zone targets. Uh, so I, I'm a full go on Hollister. Again, I, I think. I, don't, I think you can name five tight ends I'd rather play than him. So uh, to me, that makes him a must start, to, uh, you know, unless you happen to have him on the same team as those players. But uh, most people won't. And then Tyler Lockett, I think, uh, a couple dud weeks there, uh, finally came back to his lofty status last week. I think he, he should be a full go. He seems back to full, full enough health to perform. So, uh, you know, play Lockett if you have him. I have both Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald as maybes. He kind of goes with the, okay, if I think Murray will succeed, he's going to have to pass the ball to somebody too. And um, I guess uh, it's fine injury reports for the Cardinal Seahawks, but uh, if Shaquem Griffin there, who has been their best corner this year, if he's out, then that suddenly bodes well for, for Christian Kirk, even though I think he's dealing with a bit of a, uh, an injury as well. So uh, this is more of a maybe to, to monitor Kirk's status. Cause if he ends up being something where we're not sure at game time, if he's a go, that means he's probably not a hundred percent. I would, you know, try and pivot to Fitzgerald. I would like him a lot better. Uh, so just look at, you know, Kirk's injury status there. Uh, I don't think he's a must start no matter what. I mean, if he is a, a full go health wise, but it could be a, you know, it could be, you could do worse with some of your plays. Uh, DK Metcalf seems like a fine play as well. Kind of, kind of a little touchdown dependent and which you don't mind for tight ends, but for a wide receiver, that might be a, uh, you know, he sometimes gets a big target share, but not always, especially with Lockett's healthy. I expect a lot to go to Hollister Lockett. So Metcalf's more of a maybe play, uh, Decent enough, though. Strong enough case to start based on this great matchup. And then uh, uh, I sit every Cardinals tight end. Charles Clay, Max Williams, doesn't really matter. You, you may get catch a tight, you know, one of them might catch a touchdown and make a solid fantasy day. But, you know, are you really, do you want to really guess on which one of those two it's going to be? Because I know I certainly wouldn't. Not, not with fantasy championships on the line. Nope. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's all I have for this game. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I was shocked at Kenyon Drake's production last week. I think a lot of people were. He had four touchdowns. Um, I think it's pretty reasonable to say that you shouldn't expect that again. Um, but that well, I liked what you said. He is the, the the workhorse for the team as the running back. Um, it's crazy to me that you know they have more confidence in him than David Johnson. But it's paying off for them. The trade's paying off, and he's he's proving that he can be an explosive running back. So credit to him. Um, and both him and Kyler Murray, like you said, being with their running ability, I like it in the game, even if the Seahawks um, are a little bit better at, you know, stopping the run. Um, 
but definitely you should have confidence in playing running backs on both sides of the ball with Chris Carson. I'm excited for his matchup with Arizona and uh, looking at um, Jacob Hollister, like you were talking about for tight end. Uh, this might've been the only episode where we really praised TJ Hawkinson for being the tight end that he was this year, but um, you can't deny that he had his best game. And uh, for like the first six weeks, it, with every team that played Arizona, the tight ends was the star of the show. So um, I like Hollister, and I agree with what you said. All right, so now we've hinted at this game before. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles, uh, in, in, you know, arguably the most important game this week, at least in terms of who's in and who's out, because this this is this is huge right here. If the Eagles have any hope of winning this division, it, it, you have to, it starts with winning this game. And for the Cowboys, you can lock it up right here. So, uh, well, I'm not necessarily a big fan of either of these teams. It certainly will be an exciting game. All right, and so I can yeah. t- I can tell from from your reaction that they, neither are you. So uh... I opened up the show sheet and I was like, oh, what games do I have? And I saw this one. I was like, oh, of course, I love it. <laughs> um, but I got the NFC least matchups this week from you, which is fun. Um, but since this is my game, I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott as a must start. Um, he's facing a tougher defense this week, but he's proved that he can score double digit points against tough defenses. Most recently, being a uh, New England and Buffalo. So. So uh, you took a chance on him in your drafts during his holdout, and you're about to win your championship with him. I know that um, I'm really high on him. I'm super excited to play him. I have the opportunity to start uh, Zeke Elliott, Chris Carson, and James Conner. So if I'm super excited, but uh, we can talk about that not on here. But um, I think, you know, Dallas is going to be the most successful if they trust the guy that they're paying so highly to run the football and do his job. Uh, It's been working in recent weeks, especially last week when the receiving core is pretty quiet in their blowout win uh, with the Rams, and Zeke was a huge part of that. So I have full confidence that he's going to do that again and really be a factor. He's going to have a lot of fantasy production for you. Um, And then I also really like Amari Cooper. He was quiet last week because the team really didn't need him. Um, But he does have 19 targets in the previous two weeks before that. So he should see um, decent coverage from the Eagles. But again, uh, Philadelphia's defense is a little shaky through the air, in my opinion. Uh, So I think he's a borderline low end number one wide receiver but you should expect number one wide receiver numbers for him in fantasy um and then for maybe for dallas uh dak prescott i really think you need to monitor his injury um this is the first time in his career where he's missed a practice he's missed two this week on wednesday and thursday but uh today or he has a shoulder injury ac joint uh for people who are not aware but um, he did throw a football during individual drills at practice today um, when Dallas had reported that he was going to be in non-throwing activities leading up to the game. So the fact that he felt good enough to go, he didn't injure himself uh, any further, and he was successful in those throwing activities gives me confidence that he's going to play. Um, he, They might try to run the ball more because of that. That's something I should have added with Zeke, but... Um, it's a sprain. It's his joint sprain. Um, you, if you look at James Conner, who I just mentioned, uh, he dealt with the same injury, but Prescott seems to not be as serious as Conner. Conner missed, I believe, six games. Um, so the fact that he's throwing the ball uh, already, well, I guess it is Friday, but 
already before the time frame that they thought, I think it's crucial for his impact on being able to play. So I do think you see him in this game. Um, you should temper expectations if you do decide to start him. Um, I think, you know, they might call a little bit more running plays than than passing plays like they're used to. But uh, Prescott has proved that he can be the leading passer in the NFL in terms of yards. So you shouldn't have uh, any worries about him posting a decent day with yards as long as he can play a whole game and is not bothered by that injury. Um, with that being said, Michael Gallup, the number two wide receiver, he really truly is used as a number two guy um, based on his stats. They go up and down. The poor defensive matchup uh, should create a back and forth game. So if there's more focus on the box because of Zeke and on the outside for Cooper, he could be more open just by the design of the defense and how they choose to approach this game. Uh, so that gives me more confidence to play him in on upper higher side of the maybes instead of the low end option. Um, then I also think you should consider Jason Witten. I think, um, you know, he likes playing Philadelphia. He does kind of fight Randall Cobb as being the number four option on the team when it comes to passes. But if, um, Philadelphia is really able to lock down on Amari Cooper. I think that opens up Witten a lot. And if Gallup is kind of just on an off day, then Witten bolsters even more. So I think um, if you're willing to take a chance on him, he does have a higher ceiling than a lower floor. So I like uh, the possibility of him being a possible starter for you this week. Um, with that being said, I do think you sit Randall Cobb. Um, he's not really putting up fantasy relevant stat numbers. And like he said, he's kind of fighting Witten for this uh, hope you get a touchdown, hope you get some passes in a game kind of thing. So that's not somebody that I want to trust in a championship and you shouldn't either. Um, and I also don't think you should start Dallas's defense. I think going on throughout the game. Yeah. We saw last week that they limited the Rams a lot, but that was a really the first time in, a month or so that they really played a complete game as a unit. Um, so I think as the game goes on, Dallas really struggles. And if it's a back and forth game, um, I think they're going to get a lot more tired out than they did this past week when they weren't on the field as much. So um, I not, you shouldn't look at last week as being the teller for how they're going to finish out the season. Cause that's not going to be the case. And then jumping over to Philadelphia, uh, Miles Sanders, he had the highest carries last week that he's had all year, and he had over 100 yards. Uh, Dallas is in the middle of the pack in the rush defense, so I think with the injuries to the wide receivers for Philadelphia, Miles Sanders should be in for another big day. I like playing him a lot. Um, Greg Ward, he's uh, currently listed as the number two wide receiver for them, but Nelson Aguilar is reportedly going to be shut down. That news is not final, but uh, everywhere I've looked, they've said that there's a possibility of him being shut down, and that's what Philadelphia is leaning towards. So if that's the case and he doesn't play on Sunday, Greg Ward suddenly is the number one wide receiver, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside would move up to the number two, except he's injured and could be limited with a knee injury. So they expect Arcega-Whiteside to play, but suddenly – Greg Ward's the only name that uh, is going to be 100% healthy that I even recognize on a depth chart. So he's getting red zone targets. He's catching touchdowns. He has a fair amount of targets spread across the field. He's a huge sleeper. He's really not owned. Um, so if you if you want to take a chance, I think this is arguably the best wide receiver, honestly, over Mike Williams that I talked about earlier. In my opinion, uh, if all those things line up for you, I think he could be in for a huge day if it's a back and forth game. Um, and then moving to tight end, Zach Ertz, uh, he'll be the favorite target with all the injuries, uh, and it could really be him and Ward in the passing game. Um, 
Ertz had 13 and 10 targets respectively in his last two games, and he has three touchdowns in that span, so he's making up for all the people being out, and he's proving that he can carry the load, so probably drafted, drafted him really high. I know in um, all my drafts, he did not make it to the fourth round, so uh, you're playing him if you have him. And then you can maybe consider starting quarterback Carson Wentz. Um, again, Dallas's defense struggles as the game goes on, but I'm really cautious to play Wentz just because of all those injuries to the wideouts. Um, even if the run game doesn't take off, the injuries could hinder his production. So I'm nervous to play him, but I can't put him as a as a sit him just because of what he's done in recent weeks, even with people being out. Um, and then Dallas Goddard, um, he's proven to be able to catch passes all over the field and in the end zone. Um, he really just has to step up and do it for himself. You, you don't really know what Dallas Goddard you're going to get coming into the game, but if Nelson Aguilar truly is shut down and our Seiko Whiteside really isn't that good, suddenly he's a number three guy um, or number two, depending on if Dallas is able to limit Ertz in any way. You might see more looks that way. So um, I think Goddard is a big sleeper as well. Um, he's probably not owned looking at it. He's owned in a fair amount of leagues, but it's not even 50% um, based on the stats from CBS Sports. So uh, if you can pick him up and you really need a tight end because you're uncomfortable about playing whoever you own for whatever reason, um, just monitor the status before you make a final call on Goddard. And uh, Boston Scott, Kyle mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, I think he's a maybe, but he's a really low option, and really only if you have to play him, in my opinion. Um, he's losing all these carries to Miles Sanders and is a pass-catching back, um, but I think the matchup and the injuries could bode well because if you think about it, if he has seven catches in a game and you transition that as if he's playing wide receiver, seven catches for a wide receiver is pretty decent. It's pretty good. Um, so if you make that comparison and you're banking on him catching those passes as the pass down back, then uh, play him because he should get around – that amount of production um but otherwise if you're relying him on for being a running back i think again pick somebody else and then i would sit jay ajayi um he didn't play last week and he's probably unlikely to play again he'd be behind miles sanders and boston scott anyway if he plays um he'll probably be released honestly in the off season so um they only kind of brought him on because of the injury to jordan howard who's probably not going to play again or I don't know if he's been ruled out but I haven't seen anything that tells me he's going to play so um he's really not worth keeping unless you have one of those leagues where you stash players um and even then it's it's kind of up in the air if you think he'll make another team as a starter or in any other position that you can play him then keep him but my point in bringing up Jai is that you probably don't really need to have him in any leagues um and then Nelson Aguilar said he could go on IR he's unlikely to play um but if for some reason he plays, monitor that. But I still don't think he's a good option, um, really, even if he's healthy. But that's just my biased opinion. Um, and then Arcega Whiteside, I would still sit him, even if he's expected to play, because he's not going to be 100%. And then Philadelphia's defense, um, with the way that Dallas can explode, uh, for Dallas's sake, I hope they do. But I don't like the chance that it's a blowout, even if I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. So I don't like Philly's defense in this uh, game. So I'm just looking at the injury report right now because I, I am curious about all this. So first off, Dak, he was limited all week, but doesn't carry an injury injury designation entering the game. So uh, seems like Dak's going to play. It looks like they're not holding him back at all. Unless oh, when something... was that reported? Because I'm reading the one from two hours ago. Uh, this is the injury report off of the official Cowboys website for week 16. It just doesn't have him. Why do they have him listed as questionable? Yes. Okay. On my thing, but 
if it, you it, have an updated one, then tell us the news because I didn't have that. Well, again, I'm, again, I'm just I'm looking at their injury report. It has their Friday injury status, so this seems like it's their final injury report of the week. So, okay, as good. far as it looks, Dak's playing. All um, right, put him in. Start him. <laughs> and, and again, and maybe we'll have we're, we're getting through these games a little quick. We only have two left, so maybe I'll get into some actual decisions. One of them involves Dak, um, but just to, okay. So something else that I also hadn't heard about: Jordan Howard practiced all week, limited fashion, but also doesn't carry an injury designation. So looks like Jordan Howard's playing. Which at that point, oh I God. think Boston Scott is in redraft droppable uh, dynasty. Yeah, don't play him. <laughs> no, um, I, it probably caps Mike Miles Sanders' upside, but the way Sanders has been playing. I think you, you. I think you're still right to to your call of of playing Sanders for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, I like a lot of what you're saying. I mean, Greg Ward last week. You, you mentioned red zone targets. He tied Zach Ertz for the team lead in red zone targets last week. So, um, just as I think, yeah, I think you're pretty spot on everywhere. Um, well, thank you. Just uh, thought I'd add those injury updates a little bit. Yes, that's getting back at me for telling you that people in Detroit were on IR. It's fine. <laughs> uh yeah well uh it's not detroit but it's uh, another nfc north team that's playing on sunday night it's the bears hosting the chiefs uh so alessandro again thank you for sharing us your thoughts about this uh one of which is to play mahomes oh yeah okay um even against this tough defense i agree you, you know you play mahomes um for the other i mean he's got hill kelsey those are those are both obvious as well um Trying to decide between Ware and Shady, if you can, it seems like if he's kind of under the opinion, if you can figure out who's going to be the lead guy, it might be worth uh, trying to figure that out. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but the truth is that's where the Bears have been most vulnerable is on the ground. So um do wonder with his sort of just straight up the middle kind of running style if, uh, if Ware's the guy. But now I'm also looking at this injury report. It appears Damian Williams, uh, limited Wednesday, Thursday, but a full practice Friday, no injury designation. So I think Damian Williams is the guy to have this week. And suddenly that becomes an interesting decision because I think Williams actually makes a good play because the, the Bears are so uh, so vulnerable. So keep that in mind. On the Bears' side, he's got Trubisky, Cohen, Montgomery, and Robinson all as, as plays. Uh, I do like that. Maybe more Cohen than Montgomery because, again, the Chiefs, just like the Bears, have also been vulnerable to the running backs. Uh, but if the Chiefs, you know, if we think that they can get up a big lead on the Bears, courtesy of Mahomes, suddenly that makes Tariq Cohen much more valuable than Dave Montgomery as the, you know, the more designated pass catcher, although we know Montgomery can do that too. Uh, and it'll force Trubisky to try and, you know, keep up with his arm, which helps his fantasy value. Um, Although he has Anthony Miller as a sit, I don't agree with that because I think just like Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller is a great play because I expect the Bears are going to need to play catch-up and, and throw the football. And Miller's target share over the last three weeks has, has been great, just at, you know on par with what Robinson's doing. He had a 100-yard game last week, uh, really had a great game against the Packers, it made, made some great catches. And I think they're very clear top two targets for the Bears, and there really aren't any other pass catchers worth having except for the running backs. So I agree with the rest of it, but I, I do like playing Anthony Miller this week. I think he definitely makes a great play. He says, uh, also sit McCole Hardman. This actually makes sense. You know, there's some games where, you know, McCole Hardman, it's a dart throw because of the high upside, but this really isn't the defense to do that against. Uh, for me, it, it's, you know, Mahomes more than anything is going to rely on Kelsey to help beat this bears team. And, uh, I don't know if Kyle Fuller can really stop Tyree kill. Uh, you know, the bears maybe, 
maybe correctly, maybe stubbornly, don't double any players. They trust Kyle Fuller to to beat any wide receiver one on one. Saw Adams have a great game against the Bears last week for that reason. I expect Tyreek Hill to to again. I expect Hill and Kelsey to do most of the damage. Someone like Sammy Watkins. He, I mean, he's going to have Watkins listed here. I think correctly so because I this is not a week to play Watkins. You like Watkins against weaker secondaries to where you know it's easy to do anything and you can look for him. But really, in the when it struggles like this, it, I feel like Mahomes just relies on Kelsey and Hill even more, and then that means nothing for Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson, or Watkins. So I, I agree with that. Um, he says. Again, he likes playing the Chiefs defense. I do like it too because Trubisky is prone to interceptions. Um, he can stop the receivers, and maybe that's why he's not as high on Miller is because he thinks the the Chiefs corners can stop Miller and and create some turnovers that way. I guess that makes sense. But I'm, I'm, again, I'm a little more optimistic on Miller than Alessandro is. Uh, and again, he, after that though, I think every Bears player is pretty benchable. So uh, Kayla, do you want to chime in quickly on this game? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that I picked up Anthony Miller in our league because I have some injuries to guys like uh, Julian Edelman, whose questionable designation we actually have to take seriously because it's knee ligament issues, um, and Jarvis Landry, and I don't know if I want to play A.J. Brown. So um, I like Anthony Miller um, because of his target share that he's been getting, and he's been getting into the end zone. Um, Allen Robinson, you should still start with confidence. He's been doing great. Um, but with Taylor Gabriel injured, um, Anthony Miller really has been able to step up, and I like him. Um, I was surprised that he was available in my league. So if he's available in yours, um, he's at least worth a flex option for you, depending on what your roster looks like. Um, but if you're struggling with some wide receiver matchups uh, and injuries, then he's a pretty good fill-in. That's I, what I, want. I picked him up to play over guys like John Brown, who's going up against Stefan Gilmore and the Patriots. I really didn't like that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a league where I had Juju, so that was an early investment that went wrong. And yes. Robert Woods has the 49ers, so... You know, and, you know, DJ Chark got hurt for me, too. Marvin Jones, like every receiver kept getting hurt. And, you know, Miller was available this late in the season. It was actually pretty, it was pretty lucky there. So I went and picked him up and I'm going to start him this week. Yep. So, yeah, sim- similar situations, Kayla. And, uh, okay, you've inserted something else into this show sheet. So I'll, I'll let you. I didn't do project. it. It was Alessandro. I just oh. highlighted it so that you would see it. Okay. Well, uh, okay, I guess I have to read it then. Um, so law and I mean, this. I guess this is our final game of 2019 that we're doing. Unfortunately, we won't be back next week for week 17. Uh, although I know, I guess we haven't really discussed, you know, in-depth plans, but I'm planning to like have us do uh, uh, games during the playoffs, at least to, to help preview the uh, NFL playoffs. So there'll be some of that, but that, that'll be in 2020. So this is our final episode of 2019. So I guess uh, the, the young and new uh, hot trending hashtag Hashtag Cat Farm 2019 uh, will not be as appropriate in, in a couple weeks, but it's still there. So long live Cat Farm 2019. It's going to go viral. We'll probably switch it to 2020, but Cat Farm is a big, big sponsor for full press coverage fantasy podcast. So uh, got to keep it in mind. You got to love the cats. So thinking about buying a cat jungle, but that's for another time. So, since we'll talk about that later, we can talk about your team, the Packers, on Monday night. But thank you, Alessandra, for Long Live Cat Farm 2019. Yeah, so cheesy. Well, cheeseheads traveling to Minnesota. Um, and uh, so, again, last week, Bears, Kyle Fuller's done a great job of t- taking out teams' top receivers, but really had no chance against Adams. Not, not yet, no chance, but Adams 
showed him that he's one of the best receivers in the league. The way Xavier Rhodes has been playing this year, I don't have any fear with Adams. I, I don't, and I think the Vikings are stubbornly like the Bears. Zimmer kind of trusts his system, trusts his guys. He puts them in tough situations. They're not going to go and double Adams. They're going to they're going to leave Rhodes on him and hope the Rhodes can do enough, and I don't think he will be able to. So full confidence in Devontae Adams this week. Full confidence in Aaron Jones. He had a 100-yard game and a touchdown against them last time. Uh, you know, the Packers... So I, I I gave my just released my Packers preview this morning on Sportscaster, and uh, actually now all those Sportscaster Packers previews will be uh, in podcast form. So the first episode of the full press coverage Packers podcast was released as well, and I talked about how the Vikings for them to win this game, the logical thing to do would be to run the football a lot, control the clock, don't you know win the time of possession battle, and that's your best chance at this. I think for the Packers, one of the best things that they might be able to do is to also run the football a lot and for them to control the clock and not allow Minnesota to just eat it the whole game. Uh, I think Aaron Jones is a big part of that, both as a runner and receiver. I know he hasn't gotten many targets lately, but I still think he's definitely worthy of that. Uh, I like playing Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, maybe this, and maybe I'm thinking more super flex here where I, th- I think, okay, you must start him in super flex. There's no way you have two quarterbacks. You play him over in single quarterback leagues. I could see not playing him. Uh, I don't know if you feel, we were back to our Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill discussion. I know a lot of people may be saying this too. I think I'd probably play both of those guys over Rodgers. Hmm. I'd have to think about it. Uh, okay, well, anyway, in the, in the meantime, I think the only Viking that I think is is absolutely worth starting is the... And he hasn't been fully announced as their starting running back yet, but it, you know, all reports are that Mike Boone will be the lead back for the Vikings. Uh, and even last week when Dalvin Cook left with an injury, Abdullah didn't really do anything. It was it was all Mike Boone. So uh, I expect Mike Boone to get most of the carries. Dalvin Cook torched the Packers' run defense, and uh, as did pretty much everyone except the Bears and Lions. Uh, so every running back has just been so productive against the Packers. There's no reason to think Mike Boone won't be able to do that either. Um, I'm not as high on Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. And part of it was last game, too. Diggs caught the long touchdown pass when Kevin King was covering him. That was his only reception all game. And yeah, there was another catch that he had called back from a penalty, but but still, like that was, you know, getting, you know, burning King the one time is what it required for Diggs to catch the football. Um, and considering Thielen's injuries of late and him not being 100%, I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers flipped it this week and decided to put Jair Alexander on Diggs, which would then make it really hard for Diggs to get open. Certainly a lot harder to get open deep like that. Uh, and then put Kevin King on Adam Thielen, try and defend the underneath stuff. Because, uh, you know, Thielen not being 100%, can you get downfield as quickly? I, I trust King on that a bit more. So I could see the Packers swift flipping that over and then it successfully kind of shutting down the Vikings pass game. That's why I like everything to sift through Mike Boone and not as crazy about the receivers. Uh, for the Packers, I have both Alan Lazard and Jake Kumro as maybes. Uh, you know, presuming Adams gets covered by Rhodes, Lazard gets Trey Waynes. I actually like that for Lazard and his abilities and what he's shown. And if Kumro comes on the field and he's in the same spot, uh, it seems like both of them have Rogers trust. He'll make difficult throws and they've come up with it and made some good catches. So uh, if any receiver is going to produce for them, that's not Adams. I think it's going to be either Lazard or Kumro. So I'm definitely sitting MVS. I wrote in the show sheet, drop him like he drops passes. Cause man, that guy just has not been catching the football. Uh, at all the last half of the season. And I, I don't think he's had more than one catch in any game. Uh, Allison, this isn't, I, I like Allison in weeks where uh, the outside corners are much better and it's the slot corners that are weaker, but the way Rhodes and Waynes have been playing this year, I don't 
think it's that that's an issue. I think Rodgers will look to the outside quite often and less to Allison over the middle and under on, on the underneath stuff. So uh, I think they'll have enough success on the outside that Allison won't be really needed. And uh, I don't like any tight end in this game. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you you don't play any tight ends on Monday night. The Packers, they're, they're playing all four guys active, whether it's Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanyan. So who knows who gets the touchdown if, if there is a touchdown to go to a tight end. Um, so I don't really trust any of them. Graham's the, you know, obviously Graham's at the top of that list, but even him, I mean, he's barely getting targets over the last couple of weeks and they're just, you know, there's enough targets to go around to tight ends, but divided four ways, it doesn't make anyone viable. And then for the Vikings, uh, Rudolph had a nice little revival when Thielen was out, but now that Thielen's back, I don't trust it at all. Same with Irv Smith. Uh, you want to add anything, Kayla? Um, just that I like the fact um, of how you brought up uh, Alan Lazard and Jake Gumero and why uh, you should consider them and what they can do in the game. It's not something that I considered, so I just got some knowledge from you on that. Um, but I think it was helpful because it is a good point, um, and I like that you would play them over uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Um, all the reasons make sense, but um, I do think Mike Boone's going to end up being the starting running back for the Vikings, so I like that call too, even though it hasn't been announced yet but you know we always say monitor injury statuses um monitor the status of alexander madison um and see when they're going to jump mike boone up um because i think it's going to happen so because i yeah, like that call they have and again i don't think the vikings have officially announced it but it's been reported that dalvin cook will sit out the last two weeks of the regular season mm-hmm. um the reports are from madison from from practice that he wasn't running at all he was just standing on the sideline talking to trainers not even really testing the injury at all see it it sounds like today they kind of came out and mentioned it was a high ankle sprain so definitely expect that to be a multi-week injury he's missed one week I feel like he's definitely going to miss a second one so i know it would have it maybe depends on today's practice report but it definitely didn't look like he was anywhere close to playing so uh, right i think it'll be a lot different too if we see him and um well if they practice tomorrow since their game is on monday um, mm-hmm. But then That's also, true. if we if we see him uh, in pregame warmups, then if he comes in, I think Boone would still be the starter, but Madison could be a change of pace kind of guy since his count would be limited. Um, so that's the only thing that I would look for to, s- to see that would take away from Boone being the sole starter is if Madison is in those pregame warmups and he does go active, he's not going to play more than Boone, but he could take away from Boone. Hmm. That's a good point. I do think, but though, I that, think it's unlikely. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and again, I think there's enough volume on the ground to be had against the Packers that even if, I mean, even if Abdullah takes some carries away from Boone, I think he'll still be fine and viable. Right. Um. So okay, we're just over an hour. I mean, we got through eight games pretty quickly, uh, at least more quickly than we normally do. Uh. So just a couple of quick uh, sit start decisions. I know you posted a couple. Um. You've already hinted at one of them, and it seems like a lot of decisions this week hinge on Tannehill. Um, so you're deciding between Tannehill and Ryan Fitzpatrick, essentially. I know you also have Tom Brady, but I really don't like that matchup against the Bills. So no, I would... I'm not going to play Tom Brady. I don't know mentioned... why I even put it in there, honestly. You know, just again, that's what you had on the team. And it sounds like you're going to drop him to pick up a defense anyway, which, I mean, if you need a yeah, defense, what a time. defense. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, Fitzpatrick and Tannehill, it's, it's definitely interesting. I know you've brought up the hesitation playing quarterbacks against the Bengals because you can just run on them so easily that the quarterbacks may not need be needed that much, but at least Fitzpatrick gets it on the ground. Maybe he gets a rushing touchdown. 
Um, right, and I like that. I mean, he I do like Patrick Claird, and he finally is getting more yards per carry that the Dolphins need. But um, Ryan Fitzpatrick still is the leading rusher for the team, even though he has around 300 yards. So, I mean, I laugh at that too, but um, you see a lot uh, when he's scrambling because he, he can't find an open passing lane. So uh, I think, you know, they'll be able to move the football on the Bengals. And when it gets down into the red zone, I can completely see him taking it even from 11 yards out. He had an 11-yard rushing touchdown against the Colts. Um, so he doesn't even necessarily have to be within the five-yard line to score. So I think that alone is why I'm kind of like, oh, he's a little he's a little different than other recent quarterbacks that we've seen uh, play Cincinnati. So that's why I'm, I'm really considering him um, possibly over Tannehill. But I think it's hilarious that those are the two that I have to decide to try to win me a championship. A former hey. Dolphin and a current Dolphin, yeah. I know for myself, Tannehill, I'm in a super flex league, and my, I mean, I've got Garoppolo, but to me, he seems like the most obvious must-sit of this, but I've got Tannehill, Winston, and Prescott. Uh, again, don't like Dak that he's dealing with a shoulder injury, even though I love the matchup against the Eagles, so I'm definitely kind of leaning towards playing both Tannehill and Winston. I especially like Winston because I expect that game to just be a, a pure shootout and the volume is going to be there. Um, I know it's it's a league where it's minus three per interception, but even with that, Winston's still been scoring a lot because six points per passing touchdown. Uh, it's it's a total of minus six if you get a pick six, so that's the only worry. You know, just don't throw a pick six, Winston. <laughs> um, but uh, even you know, even without Chris Godwin, I still feel like the passing volume is is so elevated with him that I, I feel like Winston is the the best play there. So I, I you know I'm thinking of and we've already talked about Matt Ryan over Tannehill, Winston over Tannehill. I think that gives us a good line at Tannehill this week. Just again, we're we're scared of Lattimore shutting down Brown, and if that happens, does Tannehill have a second option? Is Jonu Smith able to elevate his game? Does Corey Davis finally come alive and and make those clutch plays that we've needed him to make? Because uh, again, I, I I feel like that's where I'm leaning. Is again Tannehill Winston? Just the the shoulder injury scares me with Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely can't fault you for thinking Fitzpatrick there. It'll be a story I tell forever if I win with Fitzpatrick because that is going to be the guy I'm playing has Lamar Jackson. He has Patrick Mahomes on the bench, and it's just like I'm actually projected to win. I don't really go by projections, but right now I'm projected to win. But I'm like, you put, you're telling me I'm about to beat a guy who has Lamar Jackson, could put up 50 easily like with yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you already mentioned, you know, you picked up Anthony Miller. Uh, I still like AJ Brown. I know there's there is maybe a worry that Lattimore shuts him down, um, but I mean, is there? I wonder. If, are there ways that the Titans can design to get him away from Lattimore? I don't know that the the way they'd like to play their two tight end sets if they can really afford to put a slot receiver out there. I'm not sure, and I guess the injury to Derrick Henry kind of hinges that. But still, like I'm looking at your options in this other league. You mentioned Edelman, Cooper Cup, Landry. I think I like AJ Brown over all of them. So I still, it's kind of, I know I'm riding with the AJ Brown, Anthony Miller duo in one league. Yeah. So we'll be, we praying together on the couch. Yeah. Uh, AJ Brown, AJ Tank Brown. <laughs> Hopefully he can uh, roll, through, roll us to a victory. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that that's pretty good. We already talked about uh, Rick Keeler's decision of Matt Ryan over Tannehill. He also mentioned he picked up DeAndre Washington and is decided between Mike Boone and DeAndre Washington, two running backs kind of going in with similar kind of outlooks. I know I'm favoring Mike Boone because, uh, you, as you mentioned, Kayla, Jalen Rashard may eat up into Washington's workload, whereas Boone might actually end up getting the receptions too. Uh, might not all go to Amir Abdullah. So 
And I, I like the matchup against the Packers, so I'm thinking Mike Boone there. Uh, I know I'm in one league. I'm deciding between Mike Boone and Raheem Mostert against the Rams, two guys that are both, you know, their lead backs and weren't when their teams played earlier, so they don't really have a good reference point. Uh, the 49ers didn't really run well against the Rams. They were held under three yards per carry as a team, uh, but Tevin Coleman did get a touchdown. I mean, if if Mostert gets those opportunities, it might go to him. So. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that, Boone or Mostert? It's hard because I don't know a whole lot about Boone. Um, um, I think I would just go Mostert because of what I know. But it's important to note what you said about how Dalvin Cook thrashed the Packers. So Boone kind of looks like a a combination between Cook and Madison. So I, I don't think you have a wrong answer. Yeah. I think that, both are, yeah. But if you have to play one, let me think about it. I'll hit you up tomorrow. Well, and then that's the thing. This is unfortunately the 49ers play Saturday, so you get even less time here. So you either sit a guy or wait two days to see what happens if you sit him. And uh, so, yeah, definitely a debate in my mind. But uh, again, I hope we provide enough insight. I know we've kind of given some context to these these decisions that we're making here and some of these sits, sit start uh, calls for all these matchups. So hopefully uh, you can gain some insight on your leagues. Uh, if not, um, be sure to check out uh, Kyle Senra FPC on Sportscaster. And uh, you know I'm doing my Saturday and Sunday morning streams this week. I'll go through specific start sit questions. So if you, and if you have any questions you want to ask us, either myself or Kayla, you can contact us on Twitter. I'm at nyama underscore ks. That's n y a m a underscore ks. Kayla's at morton salt seventy four. Uh, and yeah, feel free to ask us, and we'll give the best insight we can on your specific questions. And uh, I may even talk about some of them on my streams on both Saturday and Sunday mornings. So. Uh, tip me up if you want to hear detailed answers of those too uh, with audio. Yeah, and uh, that goes for next week too. If uh, you know you're in a situation where your fantasy league does two week playoff matchups and it's a um, accumulation of your points for two weeks and you do play in week 17, um, I know Kyle and I, most of our leagues were done this week to start our game. Um, but if you do play next week, um, hit us up on Twitter, ask us questions. Um, I've actually had more people in recent weeks hit me up and ask me questions. Um, they don't even follow me, but they follow the, the podcast. Um, so, or people who, you know, ask me questions and they jump on the whole chain or DM me. So um, I'm usually, I'm, I'm looking for it um, on the weekends, especially on Sunday morning. So uh, you can do that this week, like you could any week, but definitely next week too, throughout the week, um, I'll have my DMs open, uh, slide on in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll be you know, with family too, but I'll be checking periodically. So I know with no podcast, we can still provide insight on Twitter. So be, yeah, be sure you're following us to to get access. And, and again, we'll, we'll help you out however you need. Um, yeah. But as Kayla mentioned, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Uh, Alessandro is not here. You can follow him as well at AM underscore senator. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, check us out in the Full Press Radio Network. Uh, it's streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're on there in syndication, as are other podcasts from the Full Press Coverage family. Uh, so, Kayla, any final words? Uh, yeah, just thanks, everyone, for listening all season. Uh, this is the first year that I've ever done a podcast. Um, I really enjoyed it. Just really want to thank Kyle and Alessandro for uh, inviting me. I know 
uh, you guys were looking for a third person um, when the guy that you normally did it with couldn't do it. Um, so I felt really honored that you reached out to me after we only had one podcast recording when you guys were uh, previewing the AFC East and I jumped on for the Dolphins and I'd only been working for a week um, when you guys asked me to do that. But um, I was honored that you all asked me uh, and I had a lot of fun. So I hope it's something that we can keep up and uh, I hope all of you guys benefited from listen to me ramble on and have my opinions, but I hope some of my opinions that I back my stats up with uh, helped you out. So again, just thanks for listening and uh, always hit us up if you have any questions. And we appreciate you joining us, Kayla. Uh, certainly happy that you were able to be part of the team. I know uh, you provide the weekly set start articles on full press coverage as well. So definitely uh, you clearly provide a lot of great fantasy insight and we're happy to have that on this team here. Thank you. And uh, I apologize for not having them for the playoffs, but a lot of you guys know that I had uh, my ankle reconstruction surgery and I've been really busy with that and some rehab. So it just wasn't in the cards, um, but I appreciate everyone who asked me about it um and when i told them i couldn't do it they understood and then they just asked me their own personal questions so um i just appreciated knowing that people actually cared enough to read it and uh they really did help their decisions and they asked me uh what i couldn't touch on in an article but thanks all for reading that Uh, i know they were like three thousand words every week but i really tried to get as much insight as i could um and I didn't anticipate it being so long all the time, but, you know, even doing five sentences per person, that's, uh, it was a lot of work, but I stuck with it, but it just, yeah, sorry, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, surgery took priority then. So thanks for understanding on that too. Um, but again, it's a testament to you that even when you're not providing that article, you're still able to provide insight, whether it's on this podcast or just interacting with people on Twitter or on social media. So uh, again, it's, we're all one big fantasy football community, one big fantasy football family. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, we are happy that you're making us part of your lives by listening to this podcast and uh, you know, being our loyal supporters uh, on a week to week basis. And, you know, we're going to have a schedule in the off season. It's not all fully established yet, but uh, there definitely will be some content to be had in the off season. Um, so yeah, if uh, anyone wants to teach us play how to play fantasy baseball, uh, hit well, us up. <laughs> actually, Tyler Cading, our FPC Bears and FPC MLB manager, editor, he, apparently he does. So he, I already talked to him last week when he did the Bears Packers preview, and he said uh, that he would be willing to come on to the podcast and, and teach us all about fantasy baseball. So again, we're the full press fantasy pod, not just fantasy football. I know it's for us, it's the priority, it's the fun, it's the focus, but there's definitely a lot of fantasy sports out there. And, we're hoping to get and to be able to represent as much of them as possible. Yep. All right. So uh, anyway, thank you all for listening to this week 16 championship final episode of 2019 episode of the full press fantasy pod.